Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. We're going to start a new series right now called Where Now? Where Now? And we're talking about you have to have a vision. Do you have a vision for your life this morning? Do you know where you're going? That's the question we need to ask right, right up front. Do you know where you're going? How many know knowing where you're going and thinking where you're going is two different things? Going, knowing where you're going and then thinking about where you might be going is two different things. Remember before GPS is how we used to navigate in life? We'd pull out our maps, right? And we'd get our maps, we'd try to figure out the course we wanted to take. And we'd kind of look around and say, well, I think if we take this route, we can cut off this much time or we do this. And sometimes that worked out really good. But other times it didn't work out so good. I mean, I, you ever been on one of those routes where you felt like you're never going to get to your destination? I mean, I, I've done that. I was down in Tennessee one time and I didn't know th- about this one road. Somebody said, oh, you need to go down this road. And I, and I looked on the map and it looks like a bunch of a snake crawled down the road. And I said, well, that's, that's just a short little run through there. It took like three hours to get through that place. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of one of those miserable times. But I thought that was going to be a shortcut and it didn't work out so well. And there's a lot of people, if we're not careful, through, uh, we, will, we, we kind of try to navigate our lives without God's direction, directing us. And we need God's direction, amen? And throughout the Word of God, how many know throughout the Word of God, God always offered divi- divine guidance to His people. But you know what the problem was a lot of times? They didn't want to accept that divine guidance. They wanted to do it their way. And so are, you, are we open to accept His divine guidance? That's the question. next question. Are we open to accept his divine guidance? Are you this morning? Are you open to accept his divine guidance in your life? Now think about this. In Proverbs 29, 18, it makes this statement. He says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. When you know where you're going, how many? it's a great joy. But he says those who will not accept divine guidance, they run wild. In other words, they have no direction. They're going here, going there, and their life seems like it's just all the time pulling in many different directions. How many know it's important that you have a vision for your life? It's important that you know where God's leading you and directing you in your life. It's important for all of us to know that. So we need, we need to be willing to accept his divine guidance in our life. And church, if we're going to accept his divine guidance, there's some things we have to look at this morning. And this is, this is so real. Releasing so we can fulfill God's vision for us. Releasing so we can fulfill God's vision for us. See, there's times if you're going to live out the vision God has put in your heart, we have to let go of some of our religious teachings. Not biblical teachings, religious teachings. How many of us a difference between religion and biblical teaching? And see, sometimes if we're going to fulfill God's vision for our life, we got to move beyond this whole idea of some of our religious upbringing and look what God's word said. See, and I'm going to, we're going to look at one particular place in Acts chapter 10. You can go there, but we're going to look and give you a little paraphrase here before we get into it. In Acts chapter 10, we find the story of Cornelius. He is God-fearing man. He, get, he is given to the poor. He prays regularly. And one afternoon, he had this vision. And in this vision, he saw an angel coming toward him. And Cornelius, well, I want to let you know, he was shaking in his sandals at this point in time. He had never experienced anything like this. The angel called him by, by his name. And Cornelius said, what is it, sir? And the angel let Cornelius know that God had noticed everything that he had done. God had noticed the gift that he's given to the poor, his devotion to God, and he received it as an offering. The angel, angel told Cornelius God has, for Cornelius to send for Peter. And listen, as, as the angel was talking to Cornelius, he said, I want you to send for Peter. But think about this. 
He basically gave, gave Cornelius the address where Peter was at. I mean, Peter was at Simon, Tanner, Simon the Tanner right near the seashore. And, and the angel, if you read scripture, he said, the angel said, you, Cornelius, you send for Peter, and he's at this place. He's at Simon, Peter, uh, Simon the Tanner's house right next to the seashore. In other words, he gave him the directions and gave him the, almost the address. And so this, that's pretty interesting, I thought, when I was looking at that. Now look at Acts chapter 10, verse 9. It says, the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up to the roof of the flat roof to pray. It was about noontime. Verse, and he says, and he was hungry, but while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a, a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet let down by the four corners. In the sheets were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And then Peter says, no, Lord. Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up into heaven. Now, all of a sudden, here's Peter, okay? There's, there's Cornelius on this end. He has his vision, and he has his dream. Now, Peter's up on the roof, and God's saying, listen, there, you, the, I, I'm declaring something to you. And Peter said, but God, I've never touched anything unclean. Peter is now having to put aside, he's going to have to put aside some of his religious teaching. Because he said, I've never broken the law of, of Jewish law of putting anything unclean in my, in my mouth. At this point, I want to say, that I believe that Peter was kind of dumbfounded. Anybody ever been dumbfounded? I mean, the word, as you think about it, the, these things go against everything he's been taught all of his life. And God is now saying, I want you to go and, and take this unclean and take it in. And he said, no, Lord. But now he, he says, God says, don't call something unclean that I've made pure. And so now I believe he's perplexed. The script, verse 17 said he was perplexed. And what could this vision mean? Peter is confronted with, are you willing to follow the leading of God are follow and follow the vision and fulfill the vision that God has for you? Are you, are you going to hang on to your religious teachings? And see, these men showed up from Cornelius' house to the place where Peter was staying in verse 18. Peter is still puzzled about this verse. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, said there are three men downstairs. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Peter went downstairs and said, I am Peter. Why have you come here? And they said, our master Cornelius sent us here, and he's an officer, the Roman officer, and he's a devout man. He fears God, and, he, and God spoke to him through an angel and told him to come and get you. Now, how many know Cornelius is what? He's a Gentile. He's not a Jewish person. He's a Gentile, but now God is saying, I want you to go to him. So, church, do you have a vision of what God wants you to do and do through you? Do you have that vision of what God wants to do in your life? See, if you do, you've got to be, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you so you can fulfill the vision God has a plan for you. you. If we're not being led by the Spirit of God, just as Peter and Cornelius are open to the vision that God has for them, Peter's being asked to do something that's totally against his religion. Not against the God, but against his Jewish upbringing. And I want to ask you, do you have a vision of what God wants to do in and through you? Do you have a vision? And if you have a vision, you've got to be willing to step out and begin to fulfill the vision that God has for you. Amen? You've got to step out. See, God does not always reveal the entire vision to us. We have to be willing to take the first step, the next step. And when we take that one step, many times the Holy Spirit shows up and gives us the next step that he wants us to take. But, he, but fulfilling the vision is so important. Now look at verse 24. 
It says they arrived. These, the, uh, the, uh, Cornelius sent these men to, to Peter. He says they arrived in Caesarea the following day. And this is Peter going back with them. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And Peter entered his house, and Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up, I'm a human being just like you. In other words, I'm nothing special, I'm just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. See, church, this is where Peter had to push past tradition. He had to push past, he took the step, now he's got to push past his tradition. And I believe, that, I believe that Peter was still trying to figure out this whole thing about the animals coming down and what God really wanted him to do because he didn't have a clear of what God, but God was leading him and guiding him and he was open to that divine guidance. And all of a sudden, if you look at his, state, his statement in verse 28, you can see that he's still kind of perplexed. Look at what he says in verse 28. Peter told them, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile's house like this and associate with you. I mean, how would you like that to be your open statement? You had a guest come in your house. <laughs> All of a sudden he says, hey, listen, it's against the law for me to be here. But here, I love this. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Think about this for a moment. Just as Peter had to push past his religious traditions to fulfill God's vision for his life, as believers, we have to do the same thing sometimes. See, it's easy at times for us to fall back into our traditions, isn't it? It's easy. How many know that Peter, even after having this great revelation, fell back into some of those same traditions? You know what? You find out you've, in, in Galatians, you find out that all of a sudden Paul has to rebuke and confront Peter because all of a sudden he becomes a hypocrite. Bef uh, I, he was eating with the Gentiles at this point in time with Paul, and we'll go back to our story in just a few moments. But he was eating with the Gentiles with Paul. He was hanging out with them, fellowshipping. All of a sudden, some people showed up from Jerusalem, some of James's uh, buddies. They showed up, and all of a sudden, Peter wanted nothing to do with the Gentiles. He was afraid of what everybody was going to say about him. And he went right back into his religious condition, uh, uh, traditions, and this is where Paul has, this is the reason Paul has to confront him. And God spoke to, and, and God, as God spoke, and Peter had to go back and say, okay, I was wrong in this. But I want, to, I want you to see something here. He goes, uh, God spoke to two different men in our story we're talking about. He, talked to, uh, he spoke to Cornelius, and he spoke to Peter. Both men had to make a decision to be obedient. Now, I want to say something to you. I believe that Cornelius knew that he was a Gentile. He knew what the Jewish people felt about the Gentiles. And he could have said, you know what? Peter's never going to come. Peter's never going to show up. Peter said, no, I'm not going to touch these people. They're unclean. But no, both men had to make a choice to be obedient. Both of them had to make a choice. And church, in the same, this is the same for us today. We've got to make a choice to be obedient when God speaks to us and God's leading us and directing us and giving us divine guidance. Amen? And we have to be. And just think about, for a moment, what would have happened to Cornelius' household if Peter had not been obedient? What would have happened to Cornelius' household if Cornelius hadn't have been obedient to find the, follow the divine guidance, even though it went against their tradition? But they were willing to be open. See, by Peter's willingness to accept divine guidance and release the old religious traditions, push past them, he was willing to step into a new journey. He stepped into a new journey. All of a sudden, Peter's openness to divine guidance opened a new door for him. All of a sudden, he realized that Jesus was not just the redeemer of the Jews. He was also the redeemer of the Gentiles. And sometimes, if we're not careful, if we hang on to religious tradition, we can never move into the new that God has for us. And that's the reason I said we've got to be willing to, to be obedient to divine guidance that God wants to give us. 
And I keep asking you this. Do you have a vision? Do you have a vision for your life? Now, here at Tower Hill, if you call Tower Hill your church home, our vision is very simple. Loving people to life. That's what God's called us to do. Loving people to life. If you call Tower Hill Church your church home, this vision needs to become your vision. Amen? That you said, my life vision is to love people to life. Loving people, caring for them, and ministering, trying to bring them into the fullness of Christ. Begin to ask God to lead you. Begin to ask God to fulfill the vision that he has in you. Begin to say, God, give me, the, give me the wisdom and give me the strength to follow you and be obedient to the vision that you have given me. How many know it's important to be obedient to the vision? Amen? Now, look what Paul said when he's standing before King Agrippa in, in Acts 26, 19. He's standing there. He said to Agrippa, I've obeyed the vision from heaven. I've obeyed the vision of heaven. Just as Paul was able to say he has obeyed the vision from heaven and declare that, I have obeyed that vision. I've done what God's called me to do. We, we as a church need to be able to say, God, we've been faithful to the vision that you've given us. Our vision believes that, God, you've called us to reach people for Christ. And like I said, our vision is a, that we have is a simple vi- a statement, loving people to life. But how many know it's a deep statement? It's a deep statement. Can you know why? Because when you're dealing with people, you never know what you're... It's hard. It's difficult. It's not clean. It's, you, sometimes you've got to push back some of your religion to reach out to those people that are hurting that may be different from you and see the world totally different than you do. It's never, it's, God never said the work that we have to do is going to be easy. But you know what? He gives us the wisdom and the know-how to do what we need to do. And that's the reason we need to ask Him complete, all the time, God, lead me. God, guide me. God, help me to do what you've called me to do. And I, like I say, the simple, it's a simple statement, but it's deep. You know, one of the deepest things in Scripture, I hear a lot of times people say, I want the deep truths of God. Well, the deepest truth you can ever find in Scripture, I believe, when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's a deep statement. When you think loving people, think how much we love ourselves. Think how much we care for ourselves. Then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. See, church, that, that's what I'm saying. This is, this is a simple statement, but it's a deep statement that we've got to be willing to, to go. See, Peter was willing to go, and he pushed past his, his traditions and was able to go and touch people's lives. Even though he knew that it was against Jewish law, he said, I'm still going to do it. And see, Peter began to preach in the scripture. If you read in verse 10, he begins to preach in Cornelius' household and sharing the story. with All of a sudden, before he could even finish getting through the sermon, the people began to speak in tongues and begin to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, before he could even get done, all of a sudden he says, you know what? We can't, we can't do anything about this. We might as well baptize them in water. And he began, he began to baptize them. And we see this. It's an amazing story as you look into it. And as the Spirit of God fell upon them. And then all of a sudden in chapter 11, you see Peter going back to the church in Jerusalem. And look what happens when he goes back to the church in Jerusalem. When Peter comes back to the church, the Jewish believers criticized him. Criticized him, saying, you entered the house of a Gentile and you even ate with them? I mean, think about the ridicule. Because he, was, he broke tradition. And how many know the religious people will always point out something to you when you break tradition? They'll always try to tell you how spiritual they are and how wrong you are for being able to follow what God is leading you and guiding you. See, your vision, the vision that God has given us as a church, it's touching people's lives. It's loving people. It's caring for people. It's nurturing them to the fullness of God. And don't let people stop you from doing that. 
But you see, he was criticized. And all of a sudden, Peter recounts the story of what happens. He begins to tell them the story. I, was, I had this dream, and as I had this dream, I saw these sheets come down. And these sheets came down, there was these unclean animals, and God told me to, to kill and eat. And I said, he said, no, I'm not doing that. That's against our law. I can't do that. And then God said, hey, what I've declared clean is clean. And Peter said, so I went to Cornelius' household. He began to tell them the story about how when he got to Cornelius' household, how all the people were gathered. And if you read the whole story in that, I mean, all of a sudden the Gentiles, instead of openly criticizing him, they began to praise God for what God had done through Peter's life. So just think about this for a moment. Peter, Peter as he recounts his story and tells them everything that happened, because of Peter's willingness to accept divine guidance, it not only opened new doors for him, but it made a difference in the church in Jerusalem. It changed their attitude. Amen? And see, church, when we are willing to walk out the vision and accept God's divine guidance, you never know the impact your willingness and your obedience will have. You never know it. I don't think you, sometimes you'll know it on the other side. I believe on the other side when we stand before the Lord, but you never know sometimes what impact you will have if you'll follow the vision and divine guidance that God has given you. You need to ask God daily, God, you lead my life. You lead my life. God, I know our vision is to love people to life. God, you lead my life to touch people today. How do you want to use me to fulfill the vision that you have for me? And when God shows you something, be obedient to it. Even if it goes against some of your religious upbringing. I mean, I, I remember years ago, I had a, a friend of mine. He's been here, Joe McCutcheon. And Joe called me, and I, I was stuck in a re- little bit of religion at the time. Joe called me and says, hey, Gary, there's a guy over playing in a bar over in St. Pete. I've been trying to witness her and had an opportunity to witness her. He said, would you be willing to go with me? I'm thinking, no, uh, that's a bar. No, I'm, I, I'm not going. That, that's, no, I, I said, no, I hesitate. He said, hey, man, I just need you to go with me, and we're going to meet with him after, after he gets done playing his set. I, uh, I don't know, Joe. I, I'm a pastor. I, I don't need to be in a bar. He kept, and, all, and God all of a sudden said, go. And I went with him. We sat there, and it was, we didn't partake in what they were doing. We ordered a, a, a soda and stuff. But you know what? After we got done, we were able to minister to this guy and talk to him. And Joe, Joe did the crazy things like that all the time. I remember one time we was there, and I'm, I'm my religious, uh, who I was and everything, bringing up really kind of in my legalism. All of a sudden, he goes, hey, Gary, I'm going to do an unholy land tour. I said, what is that, Joe? He says, we're going down after midnight. We're going to go down into a place called, in Tampa called Ybor City. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it is the party central. I mean, bars on each side, clubs all the way down and everything. And he says, what I'm going to do is we're going to go through and we're going to let people sh- see what really happens in our city after, after midnight. I'm thinking, I- I'm not going. Because <laughs> of my religious upbringing. Because you didn't go to those kind of places. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, go. I went with him, and I tell you what, it was one of the most eye-opening situations ever in my life. But you know what? All of a sudden, we began to be able to minister to people on the streets down there and talk to people. But you know what? But I had to push past the religion because you have me know people that are broken by sin are not running into the church. How many know the people who are broken by sin are out in the world? In the church, sometimes we want to sit and say, we're, we're comfortable here. And God's saying, no, I want you to go out there. Sunday morning just should be celebration of what God's done in our life throughout the week. Now we need to go. Amen? 
We need to go and touch people's lives. When you come in here, you, you should be able to be encouraged and go out these doors and be the church. And touch people who are broken. Touch people who are, are dirty. Touch people whose lives are just messed up. Because God has called us to love people to life. In church, there's, in my life, God had to break a lot of that stuff off of me. But see, when it, uh, it opened even greater opportunities. See, it can open new opportunities for you to touch others and to love them to life. God has called us, church, to love people to life. Amen? See, we have to be make a willing to make a decision. Are we going to let the Holy Spirit use us and help us to make the decision that brings glory to God? You, I thought, how in the world, when Joe asked me to go these few times down to, down to the unholy land tour and then asked me to sit at a bar with, I'm thinking, how can that bring glory to God? But when you see the fruit of people coming to Christ. Amen? See, God wants us to leave the choice to him and you and I just be obedient. Amen? See, my wife has a, a plaque in, her room, in our bedroom. It says this. God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. I want God to lead my life every moment of every day. I want to I I hear him say, Gary, this is the way, walk in it. I want to fulfill the vision that God has given us as a church. I want to see, see thousands of people come to the Lord. Amen? I want to see broken people that that have been broken by this world be made whole and be able to go out again and begin to minister themselves, that they have a vision for their life. Our vision, church, as I said, is a very simple statement, but it's a deep statement. And if you're a part of Tower Hill Church and you call this your home, it needs to become your vision. I'm called to love people to life. I'm called to love people to life. And ask God, give me the guidance. How do I do that? And maybe you say, well, that's not in me right now. Pray and let God birth it in you. Because he will. And he'll give you a vision to touch people that you never thought you'd even touch. He'll give you a vision to touch people that's doing stuff that you say, there's no way I'd ever associate with that type of person. And God said, yes, I want you to love them. I want you to care for them. I want you to nurture them. I want you to touch them. But God, they're unclean. He says, don't call them unclean. You go love them. Amen? Father, thank you for just being able to share, God, this word about vision this morning, God, that we have to have a vision. And God, maybe there's some here that they don't have a vision right now. God, and they're looking for direction. God, I just pray, Lord, that this morning, God, they would be challenged, just like Peter was challenged, and even Cornelius was challenged, to listen to you, God, and hear you speak to them. And hear you lead them and give them the divine guidance that they needed. And God, that through Peter's obedience and Cornelius' obedience, God, we all of a sudden see an entire family and friends come to know Christ in a personal way and fill with the Holy Spirit. And Father, what, a, what an opportunity that was. And it helped Peter to see, God, you're just not the, the God of the Jewish people, but you were the God of the Gentiles also. And God, today... Help us not to look at people through our natural lenses. God, help us to see spiritually through the lenses of the Spirit of God and look at people that may be broken by sin, but God, look at the opportunity that we have to to love them to life. Father, help us to get rid of this, this speck in our eye that we're so concerned about 
that we might be able to just be able to help those who have that, that have been hurt by sin and hurt by life. God, that we could reach out to them and love them with unconditional love. Father, I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you give us, help us to get, seek after you for divine guidance? Father, Peter was able to push back, push back the tradition and step out into a new journey with you. Father, and I just pray, God, you have, you have great things you want to show your church. There's great things I believe you want to do through your church. But God, we've got to be willing to allow you to lead us and guide us. And God, as you just reveal the, maybe a, the first step, God, help us to say, I'll be faithful with that. And I'll take that first step. As I take that first step, God, you'll reveal the next step. And God, I'll, I'll listen to, for your heartbeat. I'll listen for you to speak, oh God. And God, I will move as you lead me, as you guide me. Father, for I want my life to have purpose and meaning. And God, I don't want to just be successful. God, we want, to, we want to be significant in what we're doing. And God, we want to do that through the leading of your Holy Spirit. Because God, you came to seek and to save that which is lost. There's broken humanity that needs the church out there. They don't need us to be the church in these four walls. They need us to be the church out there. God, I just pray, God, that we would be your hands. We would be your feet. We would be your mouthpiece, oh God. We would be your servants to say, God, use me. Help me fulfill the vision and the dreams that you placed in my heart. For this city, for this community, for my coworkers, for my, former, my, my students that I go to school with. God, give me a vision to love people to life as never before. And Lord, let it become a reality in our life, not just a slogan, not just a statement, but God, it becomes a reality in our life that we just love people. God, no matter what their life has looked like or what it is at that point in time, we're still going to love them. And we're gonna, we want to win them into the kingdom. We want to love them to life. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.